1: Hello everybody, it is the Thursday, January 7th edition of the Lori and Julia Show. One day after one of the oddest afternoons I think any of us uh, have ever witnessed, and I know uh, we're usually a place you turn to get away from serious, uncomfortable news, but uh,
3: the this has, this has to be just talked about, because it was a heavy, mm. hard day, I mean, a, a, at for one everybody. point. For everybody, mm-hmm. it was just so upsetting to see what happened in the Capitol, mm-hmm. the heart of our democracy. I mean, I woke up with a headache. Oh. I mean, yeah. I was, like, really upset about it. Mm-hmm. I cried with my mom. How about you? Well, I can't stop crying. Okay.
2: <laughs> this is
0: my crying week. I, yeah. I, I, I'm feeling like, I think... Everything. We're all so weary. We're Mm -hmm. all so exhausted Mm -hmm. that yesterday, you know, after everything that we've been going through since last March, it's absolutely exhausting. And I feel like we need to come together as as citizens of this country, Mm -hmm. as human beings, as family members, as friendships, as partners, as everything, and somehow we are bigger and we are better than what happened yesterday. And I feel like civility and bipartisanship has to return because I, I don't think anybody from all sides right now is trusting what's going on in our country. And we need to be able to have dialogue again, that it isn't harsh words or lashing out or that you're wrong or, or storming the Capitol
3: and carrying a Confederate flag, which has never been in the U S Capitol building. Just,
0: God. It's just gotten too out of hand and I I think everybody, I think today everybody is reflecting. Mm-hmm. I think last night seeing um, the Senate come together um, was hopeful and I feel hopeful that we are going to have a change of t- tide and of language that's being used and that well, we, we are
3: having a transfer of power. We are having mm-hmm. a transfer
0: of power and somehow civility matters and kindness matters and that wow, it was so shocking what happened yesterday Mm -hmm. that I just, you feel scared, you feel sick to your stomach. I have friends who still don't believe this election was done correctly. Mm -hmm. You know, close friends of mine, and Mm -hmm. there's such a difference in opinions out there for everybody and whatever side you're on or whatever, at the end of the day, we're Americans. And I just pray really seriously There's so much pain going on in the world in other parts outside of this. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many horrible, sad stories in the last 24 hours of friends of mine. Kids are sick. Parents are sick. Something terrible has happened. Yeah. And that we can't get out of ourselves to look at the bigger cause. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's painful. And I think we're exhausted. And I just hope as a country we can just really start to come together and mend. That's my hope.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, Julia, and and I think, you know, I was struck at, and I'm not a fan of Lindsey Graham, but Mm -hmm. I was struck at when he... Was on the Senate. And I mean, Bevy Smith on Twitter was kind of funny. She's like, Never in all my life did I think on a Wednesday night I'd ever be sit in transfix watching an electoral vote process happen, right. which has happened many times for right. people I've both voted for and people I didn't vote for, but right. I've never watched it. But when Lindsey Graham said, You know, uh, President Trump, I wanted you to win, I prayed that right. you would win but you didn't win right? and it was a fair election. He didn't say, sorry, better luck next time, but that's kind of what right. it is because for the last four years, you know, uh, Trump was in office. He was the right. president. He lost the popular vote, but he won the electoral. So he was the legitimate pre- right. president. There wasn't any storming. This has been a legitimate election and it wasn't a landslide. He biden it won wasn't. by seven million yeah but he still won by that much there was an electoral college the same amount that Hillary Trump won over. that's right. right and um it is better luck next time that's kind of that's sure. the politics you don't win forever mm-hmm. and um yeah the, the election wasn't stolen and and i guess there was a Feeling that you know, let Trump you know ease into the fact that he lost because he's historically in everything. He doesn't like losing. Well, nobody right. likes losing. <laughs> I mean, people oh, are dealing with right. losses of uh, people they loved from COVID. People are dealing with losses of jobs, of whole of relationships, of whole businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have to deal with losing mm-hmm. and. Um, that's that's just a fact, and so um, people who were not a fan of Trump, we we just sucked it up the last four years. That was mm-hmm. the way it is. He was the president. Right. Now the, the the tide is the, changing. The, is changing, right. and let's give President Biden a chance. Let's see. I mean, I saw Amy Klobuchar talking on to on someone one of the late night shows, and she said, you know, when they were really scared. I mean, people could have. Oh. I'm surprised more people weren't hurt. I am too. Um, a lot of I'm dangerous things weren't, right. happened, but she said they were all in a room, Democrats right. and Laying Republicans, on the floor. but they, mm-hmm. in this other room, and they had to talk, and she's like, you know what, we do have more in common, and there was this, like, real vulnerable sense of, community
0: you know, like community. we're on the people right we've worked together for all and we've known each other for years right let's figure this Rocco, out how
3: about you would was did Rocco did or Bruno? was Bruno aware of what was going on yesterday yeah or not? a little
1: bit I mean he, he would think he was playing video games for much of it <laughs> but he would he caught some peeks at it and I, you know and we're going to talk we're going to listen shortly to a, a clip from GMA about how to sort of talk to your kids about this right. sort of stuff the thing that we talked to him about was that, that these people that did that they really believe these things,
0: absolutely. But that—that that that they're being the right told to do
1: that. I agree. And so, what we told him, you know, like last week, he he said to me something not that he saw on the internet that wasn't true. He's like, um, "Oh, I heard the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get Marshawn Lynch. or they signed Marshawn Lynch?" <laughs> and I said. Really? I, I didn't hear that. Where did you hear that? And he pointed it out. It was just some random YouTuber or some random Twitter guy. And I said, you know what? This, you've got to learn to check your sources. Right. And know I love where you that get you're teaching your facts, the nine year olds. You know? yes. And I said, this that's what's going on here. You know, yeah. like these people, if you look at their Twitter feeds and you look at what is going, th- they're being told, mm-hmm. you know, they believe these things because that's what they're being told. But, but you got to look at your facts. Are you getting your facts from newspapers of record that could get sued if mm-hmm. they told lies? Or mm-hmm. are you getting it from some rando website that you've never heard of before. That's an
0: interesting fact that you bring up because the algorithms give people the information they want to get. And it doesn't make you work very hard to find out the facts. And it is a a matter of all of this social media. That's kind of the the nature of the beast. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't believe it you're being fed it over and over and over again and Mm -hmm. it's quick and it's easy and it's in little bites that you can absorb Mm -hmm. right or wrong right and that i think is a big issue as well. So that's kind of interesting that you're like that trade not is not going to happen. They're <laughs> right. not going to get that Yeah, time. it was a life I learning mean, lesson. Yeah, that's it's a great way to put it as a kid though, for well, a kid.
3: Let's play the uh thing from uh, GMA. I mean, basically all the morning shows it was non-stop coverage of everything yeah. happened yesterday and what is going on and what are the consequences to these people who really were trespassing and causing mayhem and destruction and totally against the law. Uh, This is an expert that Robin Roberts
2: had on this morning. How do we talk to our children and families about the violence that we've seen and what is going on politically?
0: Well, first, we want to validate that these images are really disturbing. It's okay for kids to feel scared and unsettled. We're not supposed to see chaos in a place where we're supposed to see stability. But the other thing is, as parents, we've been having this conversation for ages. We've been telling our kids, use your words, not your hands. And that's basically what we need to tell them about what we've seen happen. In this country, we have the right to peacefully protest. We don't have the right to be violent. So we as the parents have tools to talk about this. All
3: right, parents, Rachel, I know you.
1: that they thank are going you.
0: to be using those tools. And and I, was, I love that. Use your words, not your hands. Yeah, isn't that, mean, that the I, angel I, thing? I, <laughs> but so often I feel like I give you the middle finger or something. You know, we use our hands sometimes. <laughs> but that is
3: using your hand as a form of words. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, all right. Listen, when we come back... Uh, it is our story that uh, we can't get enough of. We'll be right back. You're wondering who that is. The song is Bang. The band is AJR. Maybe is, it's the other way around. But it's
0: boys' names. Andrew, Jerry, Oh, is that what it is? Ricardo. Robert. Okay. okay. Ricardo. Remember, it's I the name it. of... Three brothers. Yes. Three brothers, okay. Andrew, James, Robert or something. Okay. Because this came up like on Monday, and I'm like, "Who's AJR?" Yeah, right? And Rocco looked it up, and it's three brothers. It and is, I've,
1: and I instantly forgot.
3: I know, but right?
0: I just remember. Just go with just. Use but the I like initials. that song. I do. It reminds yeah. me of Imagine Dra- Dragons a kind little of, bit.
3: Kind of, kind of, it does. Yeah. Okay, so Julia has finally, finally finished the flight attendant. Oh my gosh! On HBO, Rocco, did yes. you finish it over I the did. holiday?
1: I did. Okay. okay.
3: All right, first of all. Our- I like once I figured out that HBO Max on the T V thing, <laughs> once Casey got that and figured it's back out, on
0: Roku and back and on Roku. We went through.
3: Yep. Anyway, I mean I just absolutely loved it. And I have been really looking forward to talking about it because I really thought that the last three episodes of that show brilliant. Brilliant built and built and built because you have this crazy show that was a murder mystery, a romance, and a surrealist adventure with a very flawed lead character.
0: Alcoholic. Chronic. Yeah, Cassie, yeah. brilliantly played by Kelly okay. Koko. I'm in love with Kelly Koko. Mm-hmm. I've decided. I think I've never, we never watched Big Bang, so I don't know her from anything. Well, and she hasn't she been on
3: that show and made a ton of money, a Ton, which now is allowing her to be like a Reese Witherspoon right. and produce and get her own stuff going. on. And the on. only
0: experience I know is us messing up her name or me on the red carpet and her and giving every day and, and every day and Kelly Kyoko. and <laughs> Gally giving, Cuckoo is yeah. what you called her on I the did. red carpet and, mm-hmm. and the look. At, like, who the hell's that? Yeah. Kelly okay. Cuckoo, we I love you. I know. So, but it delivered. I mean, Rocco. Yeah. Did you not love that?
1: And I, yeah, you're right. She. I mean, I didn't know anything about her either. I, she played Harley Quinn on the. TV show, I guess, but wow! I mean, the depths of her acting was way more than I thought possible.
0: The comedic, the comedic stuff she delivered, the the drama, the facial expressions, believable, the vulnerability. I this show, if people have access to HBO Max, mm-hmm. which I might have for one more day, yeah, um, watch it. It's so good. I thought that was so worth it because we Rocco, one of initially best shows read the books. You were and on I a did
1: tri- not, right? Lori right.
0: was on a trip. For what? When you read The Flight Attendant. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: I read you it were day.
0: A, you were on a trip and mm-hmm. we didn't even have Chris Bohelian who wrote it booked yet. So you came home from one of your trips mm-hmm. and gave us your list of 20 books you read. <laughs> and this was one of them. And then we're like, we should, should, we we ask Donnie, Donnie, yeah. should you book them? But you already even read the book, and mm-hmm. I'm like, so I got it, and he was on in the book. It, it was just, it's so different than the TV show, but it was one that you could appreciate the, the difference because it was so creative.
3: Was so creative how they did it.
0: And and she really, and the characters, I fell in love, and I never watched Girls with Zhaja Mamet. Is oh Zosha, yeah, man. <laughs> right. Zosha. Oh, she was. Yeah,
3: she, she was one of Lena. D, D, she was one of the four friends. On right, girls.
0: Right. She's she great. was so great. And then Michael husman who we just.
3: Beautiful, beautiful Nashville game.
0: Knight, who we haven't seen, he's Minnesota's own. Who mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've seen. Yeah, him he went for... to St. Thomas for yeah. like a year. Yeah, and went at the, at the children's Guthrie. theater. Or yes, yeah. 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 Do you agree with
3: this description? It's it, it was one of the best pulpy, brazen who whodunit murder mysteries with the hard drinking. Horny flight attendant, Cassie, at her finest. At
0: finest. Mm-hmm. And it was, it kept you on your edge. In the last three, like you said, Lori, there's eight episodes. Or I think there's, yeah, there's eight episodes total or maybe, yeah. Yeah. That were so compelling and so twisted. And I, everything I thought was wrong. And I we read the book. Yeah. I couldn't even because remember it, who did it. But it I didn't, it
3: veered from no, the book. It completely. Veered. But I mean, the Rome that when she you know that in the last episode some of the epiphany of course the way it's
1: left hi everybody this is adriana trejani i'm the host of you are what you read i have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now we get everybody from sarah jessica parker to kristin hannah mitch album Susie essman craig ferguson
2: To the gym to work out
1: pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind
2: all of this is chris jenner
1: llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends
2: blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel
3: and it's been renewed for a second season and And you can
0: see where it would be good i mean they have to really go back to the drawing board but i'm telling you this is so
3: unique and clever.
0: That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. That was a fun... I was happy to have that to and do. And the other thing about the flight
3: attendant that made it intriguing, we do love... Travel? We do love... <laughs> no, well, we love the travel. We do love the travel. And it's Cassie Bowden. Her bad luck begins on a one-night stand from hell, basically, in mm-hmm. Bangkok. But she does make these unbelievable bad decisions. And you're like, what are you doing? But yet, at the same time that was a key part of advancing the story about how she was so flawed and she did run away from herself and she drank and drank and drank and there was a reason why right the the drinking and I don't know I I just think she's like one of the best flawed heroines that we've had uh, we've seen on TV and and in that way as much as I enjoyed like watching them doing on HBO Hands down, flight attendant was so much more satisfying because the undoing was satisfying in the sense that watching Nicole Kidman and watching Hugh Grant, you know, they're acting, they're but it, not together as a whole because the ending, you know, know was a little yeah. weird. Did you watch and- that, Rocco?
1: I did not
0: know. Okay, yeah.
3: you know, it was not. It was good, but it was like I was by the end. I was watching, not really so much caring who done it, but what coats, yeah, and, For the and, fashions and things like yeah, that. Yeah, kind of Wait. The, the the like chew up the scenery acting that Hugh did. Grant was Casey doing, watch this. The flight attendant. Yeah.
0: No, but I think he would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I think some guys dropped out at the beginning. The first, episode, the first episode is so
3: surrealist and weird. It, it is, mm-hmm. um, but
0: Rocco, you hung in there, and would you give it like a good grade? Yeah, I'm, I'd watch the next season. I'm
1: looking forward to see where the um, Rosie Perez uh, right. subplot goes. And... Right.
3: I mean, because we, the premise of the show is that basically in that it basically, and that was the premise of the book. It has to kind because who, who amongst us maybe has not woken up? from a night of some kind of debauchery and just said, oh, good Lord, what has happened? But it made us... With con- a dead
0: person next to you in but bed. Well, made- I'm
3: going to say me. I yeah, have not yeah. done that. But it made us uh, confront how we would think if an act, if we did wake up and somebody was dead... And in you're in a foreign country. In the hotel room, and what would we do? And it takes this outlandish crime scenario and somehow makes it very believable
0: it was so satisfying so
3: satisfying thumbs up you guys the flight attendant and she also not to take anything away from the coats on the undoing but cassie's coats on the flight attendant were pretty great vulture devoted a whole story the 10
0: greatest codes i mean i think she's phenomenal though yeah i'm kind of excited to see her more things yeah i agree all right when we come back we've got neil justin from the star tribune with us to tell us what's on tv this week that we should be watching
1: uh, hey
3: everybody fun. thanks for hanging out with us i love that song therefore i am it's just such a strange
0: groovy vibe this song I, by billy i didn't look at the board that said therefore i am uh-huh. i thought it said i'm not your friend that does kind of sound what she's saying. <laughs> like, singing I just you know, know she it. says
1: that at one point right
0: she does yeah. i'm not your friend because i thought that's totally what they're saying mm-hmm. well neil neil's going to be calling us he's uh under deadline right now, right? I said, "Yo, call us." Yo. I just talked to him a little while ago, so who knows? <laughs> Stuff could have happened. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, did anyone? I thought this was a little interesting last night. Is that ABC, CBS, and NBC all stopped regular programming mm-hmm. to go and cover what was happening in the Senate about you know certifying the election, certifying the election, and on 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 um fox last night it was the mask dancer yeah did anyone catch but that it? was in Hello fox My news time.
3: that was just, no, the, just yeah. the
0: fox Mask dancer mask followed dancer. by
1: name that tune
0: did it so rocco yeah. you... yes
1: because i i told you i was going to watch name that tune
0: yes and
1: oh i didn't i because i didn't think it was on but i did watch the swear word show on netflix we tell us about... okay we i like neil. to neil's, oh, neil's here all right you got
3: neil let's we'll talk cares. about that in a second yeah. and neil justin tv critic from the star tribune welcome to the program
2: hi everyone i hear you talking about the mass dancer
3: <laughs> no one watched it but i Did mean, mean it was well, there uh, you
2: should watch next week because i suspect that the next unveiling will show that the mass dancer is donnie michaels oh.
0: <laughs> donnie love
3: donnie love would love to be on the oh, mass dancer i can't even tell you how much Wouldn't he would he? love that I, oh, I think he would perfect he'd be gliding around trying to dance and for like
2: the, first t- time the judges will Stopped. Right.
3: <laughs> who is this man with all this? It, it hair? is
2: amazing how they always seem to know who the celebrities are, even if they're obscure.
3: Right. What are you saying?
2: I, I'm just saying it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. okay.
3: Okay. Well, Neo, before we get to some of the new shows, and you had a. Uh, uh a wrap up and of course we love every day reading in the Star Tribune what your critic picks are for the love night. It. But I was really struck last night. I don't think yeah. we've seen this uh on the late night shows, all of the late night hosts, none of them did their even their intro to their show. They all just kinda the camera cut to them. I mean right. we've not seen this since maybe nine eleven, I guess.
2: Yeah, there's been a couple of instances. I think some of the mass shootings and so yes, on, there's, okay. there's been a more somber tone. Uh, but this certainly struck, uh, stuck out because I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of took a, a, a big breath uh, after the elections and said, well, the craziness is going to be over for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's not over. Right. It's not over. And the host reflected that. Last night it was pretty interesting. I didn't see all of the monologues, but I watched three or four of them, and maybe the most interesting was Seth Meyers, who went on live, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, which was telling. uh, Most of the time, the people don't know the late night shows are taped in the late afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, They usually tape around four or five o'clock, depending on whether they're in, in New York or Los Angeles. Seth is in. Uh, New York so he went on it at, uh, at 12 their time And uh, a very somber You know Seth has been killing it uh, He has the best written monologue Out of all the hosts mm-hmm. And uh, they put that together Pretty quickly no jokes uh, As he said at the end tune in tomorrow For jokes uh, And uh, called for uh, An impeachment I, I, I Don't know how strong the language was From um, From Colbert, I heard he had a very sharp monologue. But it was a reminder that we do turn, we still do turn to late-night television. Uh, It's the last thing before many of us go to bed to sort of get a wrap-up of the day. And usually we're looking for a laugh, but sometimes we're looking for something a little more poignant.
3: Yeah, I thought, you know, also Jimmy Fallon didn't speak long about it, but they didn't run Mm -hmm. an intro. And he just, he really spoke from the heart. And I think he... Uh, of any of the shows has really gotten, I don't know, he seems to have uh, gotten more in touch with being a, a, a truer person or we see the real Jimmy Fallon during the pandemic. I hard to tell
2: with Jimmy because he's so upbeat and so enthusiastic and so emotional <laughs> yeah. on a nightly basis. You start to think, well, this is a little bit plastic. I mean, nobody's this uh, excited about life. Uh, so you question his, uh, his, his genuineness, at least I did for a number of years, but look, that just may be who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing this long enough that I think the cracks would start to show if he was faking it. I think he's just an emotional guy. And when he really likes something, uh, yeah. he's overboard about it. And when he's really moved by something that shows too. And, and it certainly showed. Uh, last night he seemed genuinely shaken, yeah, and I, and I thought did some pretty good interviews he 's not the best interviewer uh in late night, but um I saw his talk with Dan rather' it was great uh, that I thought was 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 pretty good, and uh you know he is who he is, mm-hmm. and uh I think that really hits some, on somebody who throws a party every night, uh which is basically what that show tries to do when he doesn 't throw a party then that really means something. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, and in, in both Lori and I were not that big of fans of his because we hated the games, all the games yeah. on his show. Yeah. But that kind of all stopped in the pandemic and you, and you kind of see the stripped down version of someone who really is really likable. And I like the enthusiasm. I like the upbeatness because it's been a hard time and it's been a long yeah. time for yeah. a lot of people. I enjoy that. And you I, know that's one of the
2: reasons I turned back to Conan O'Brien during yes. the pandemic. I'd sort of forgotten about him. I mean, I would tune in every once in a while and he wasn't doing that many new shows. He was only broadcasting, uh, you know, three or four times a week at at half an hour. Uh, But he probably talked less about politics Mm
3: -hmm. than anybody
2: else in late night and sort of retained his goofiness and his lightness. Uh, And I really needed that uh, over the last few months. And I was reminded just what a quick wit he is, uh, he's really a treasure. And when he retires from the late night regime, um, this year, later this year, he's going to be missed. Uh, yeah, I, I know he's still so. going to be around, but he's been a real relief. Um, you know, it's interesting how, how much some of these late night people have changed, uh, in the last three or four years. You know, Jimmy Kimmel used to be somebody who, uh, didn't talk a lot of politics. Right. Uh, he was uh, very different from from others. Uh, that's changed. That's changed. He's been one of the most passionate anti-Trump. Uh, uh, critics, uh, I think, you know, ever since his son, yes. was very sick. Yeah, uh, I think that really changed Jimmy a lot. He was always had a serious side. Um, but the, the whole tenor of that show has changed. Uh, right. Colbert uh, has embraced politics and and uh, sharp criticism uh, more and more. In I the find last him four years.
0: I find him I turn away from Colbert um, because I find it just mm. too visceral. I just don't like it feels so angry to me that yeah. I don't enjoy it. And like you said about Conan, yeah. we need happy places. And it just, it, 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 it Colbert's the same every night and in his mockery and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, please give us something new and fresh. Yeah, well, yeah that's I I'm totally the- get
2: that. And it really does differ from person to person. You know, Leno, during the Leno-Letterman wars, uh, Leno came out on top. For that very reason, he was more of an escape than Dave mm-hmm. was. Dave was somebody... Who you tuned in to see how cranky he was going to be?
0: You're right, yeah. you're right. But yet he gave. And, he had and I good enjoyed interviews. that. But
2: I understood people who didn't. Yep. Who didn't want to hear that? Who didn't want to hear somebody grousing about a lousy day or his insecurities? They <laughs> wanted something more upbeat, yep. and that's what people have with Fallon. And, and they also have those choices now uh, as well. But everybody has been angry, yeah, um, and uh, somber from time to time. Um, and it's interesting if you look at the history of Late Night, Johnny Carson avoided that almost always. There were probably in his long run only 3 or 4 nights where he sort of threw away the script and dealt with what was going on in the world, which is pretty startling considering he was on the air during the 60s. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: Um,
2: yeah. And, but he he criticized everybody equally. He didn't you didn't know his real politics. Right. Um it's a, there's a special on I believe it's on the Peacock streaming service. That looks back at the week Carson gave the show to Harry Belafonte and because Carson didn't feel comfortable or didn't feel he was the right person to talk about civil rights. Mm -hmm. This was right before, I believe, right before King uh, was assassinated and um, and and Harry had all those guests on and had those conversations that Carson either felt he was not the right person or wasn't comfortable having. And it's a fascinating documentary. Um, that tells you a lot about Johnny, but also tells you a lot about those times.
0: Cool. That sounds really, that sounds interesting. By the way, thank you for
3: uh, doing a a critics pick on, I just thought it was absolutely terrific. Um, The Jimmy Carter rock and roll president, which was on CNN and it's replaying Mm. and on demand. That was so good.
2: Yeah, it was really good. And uh, it reminds you, there was a time when the white house was the coolest music venue (laughs) in the world. Yeah. Uh, his uh his interests were so broad, we kinda of think of him if you think about his music taste at all as a country guy. Yeah. Um, Southern Rock, Willie Nelson, the Allman Brothers, but he really loved jazz and blues and loved Dylan. Uh there's a point in the documentary where I guess he and his son uh were not really talking. Uh they were having a beef and uh but they communicated through Dylan lyrics. Um mm-hmm. uh, Fascinating uh, individual uh, in terms of his musical breadth and and how much musicians were a part of his campaign when he, uh, you know, no uh, money. against all odds, yeah. became the president. Really great doc.
3: Have we ever seen Bob Dylan talk that much on screen <laughs> about, like, somebody else? Casey looked at me yeah. and goes, he's saying so many nice things.
2: It's interesting. I had this conversation with John Bream, right? our Music Critic. Uh, how odd it is when uh, Bob decides to do an interview and when he doesn't. Um, he'll, you know, there'll be things that you think would be obvious for him to comment on that he doesn't. And then there are things that, that he agrees to. Uh, you know, Dylan did a Pawn Busters or pawn, a Pawn Star episode. Um, he appeared on Dwarmer and Greg once. Um, he he had a really weird... Uh, uh, decision making process and what he's uh, going to, uh, um, uh, work on and, and what he isn't. Uh, it, it's always unpredictable with him. I was pleasantly surprised that, that he was in the Carter documentary and, uh, actually had some pretty interesting things to say.
3: Neil, people- can you stay with us because we've got to talk to you about a couple of new shows that are out Probably. that you're you know, talking about. We just have to have a little bit more TV. And of course, we want you to see if you agree with Julia and I on our, you know, on the 64 million other people who are in love with, you know, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. <laughs> we'll be right back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We have Neil Justin, who is the Star Tribune's TV critic. He also does cover other media and comedy. And Neil, you got to tell us about this show. It's getting promoted like crazy on NBC. I love LA. That's what we want to know. Are we watching that tonight?
2: I love L.A. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. I'm sorry. Is, is that a something? It's called Mr. Oh, mayor. Is
0: it called Mr. It's mayor? It's called Mr. Mayor. Oh, Lori read the yeah. headline, which is confusing in your article. Yes,
2: I, I watched uh, about three episodes of it, and I liked it. It comes from Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who uh, did the great uh, uh, Kimi Schmidt show. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Tina created 30 Rock. And it's very much like those shows, Uh, a lot of jokes flying at you very quickly, kind of like The Simpsons. Um, You could probably play it back and realize you missed three or four jokes um, every 10 minutes. Um, It's silly, but it's not, you know, goofy, goofy, silly. It's really smart, silly. And it's got a terrific cast. It's such a surprise. To see Holly Hunter in a sitcom. Right. Uh, but, of course, Holly Hunter is one of our great actors. She can do anything. And she's very funny as sort of this uh, militant uh, progressive who uh, is a deputy mayor to Ted Danson, uh, who, again, is somebody who's very consistent and very funny. Great, great cast. Um, you know, it's... It's not quite there yet. Most sitcoms take a little while, yeah. and you have to know the characters, and the writers have to know the characters. But this show has all kinds of promise. Uh, I'm really rooting for it.
0: Oh, good. So it's 7 o'clock tonight on, on Channel 11. It's called Mr. Mayor. That sounds like fun. So it's a half-an-hour sitcom?
2: It's a half-hour sitcom, but I love your idea of calling it I Love L.A. <laughs>
0: That's Well, <laughs> if you look at your Story. newspaper, the way they did things like the next one I is, it was is Clowning Around.
3: But the name of the show is Go Big Show. Yeah, well, that's,
2: that's my fault. I try to put little funny, uh, little headlines above each pick rather than just saying the show. Maybe we should just say the show.
3: Well, well no, I like your no, idea. I do, think, all right, I, I watched Snoop Dogg. He had a hilarious mm. encounter with Anderson Cooper and Andy on their New Year's Eve show, and that was the first yeah. I'd heard of this big go big show. And I was just like, why am I intrigued? And why do I want to watch this show?
2: Well, you want to watch it because of Snoop Dogg. Yeah. He is uh really, really funny. And, uh, you know, I, speaking of late night hosts, Jimmy Kimmel, I think discovered this quite a few years ago, just how funny Snoop Dogg, uh, is and started using him for a lot of comedy bits. And, Snoop's reactions, uh, for those who don't know, this big show is basically America's Got Talent. Uh, but with Snoop Dogg as one of the judges, uh, his reaction to some of the uh, novelty acts is pretty hilarious. Uh, he's a comedy gem. He's, he's I think, uh, a better comedian than he is a rapper. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this is at another show tonight, and this is at 8 o'clock on TBS. It's called Go Big Show with, with Snoop? Yes. Gosh. All right. So there's a lot of them. Now. How about Bridgerton? Neil, were oh you gosh. a fan? Did you, did you love
3: the whole everything, or did you skip it, or what? Tell us the truth.
2: I watched the whole thing. Uh, it was okay. Uh, it's from the Shonda Rhimes factory, so it's very much a soap opera. Although, you know, it's kind of slow going. It's basically about. Um finding love in I can't remember what era it takes place. Regency in, but, era in England. Yeah. But it's got modern day music in it and sort of modern day language. Uh everybody looks terrific. Uh the leading man in it is a real honk. I can't think of his name right oh, now. Reggae
3: you know, Jean Paul.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're already I saw somebody's already uh pushing for him to be the next James Bond. Uh, yes. so he's he's very handsome. Uh and it's kind of fun if you like period pieces. I do warn people that it looks like something that would be on PBS. And it certainly starts off that way. But when they start to have sex, mm. it gets pretty raunchy.
3: Oh, it's so great that episode six, I could watch 7,000 <laughs> times. Yeah, it,
2: it's kind of jarring though, right? Because you kind of think you're watching Masterpiece Theater. And then all of a sudden it cinemax at, at night. It's, uh, it, it's a little more graphic than I expected. Uh, but then again, it, it's from the Shonda Rhimes world, so maybe I shouldn't have been surprised.
3: And there's eight books to draw from, and they have mm. confirmed that the second season is starting uh, filming the second week in March in England. That's been confirmed. Well, it,
2: it's certainly worth checking out if you like period pieces with a yes. little, little twist. Uh, if you like that genre, there's also the second season of Dickinson coming out with Haley Steinfeld as Emily Dickinson. and. It's very much that same idea of taking a period piece but modernizing it with language and.
0: And that's um, on Apple Plus. Music.
2: That's on Apple Plus. And you yeah. like that. It's okay. I mean, it's a bit of a novelty act, it gets a little bit tiring. Oh, they're talking like Valley Girls. Uh, okay, I get what they're doing. Uh, okay. But um, Haley Seinfeld's a real star. Uh, and look, if it means that her fans learn who Emily Dickinson is and go back and check out her work, mm-hmm. then it's worth it.
0: Pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right. So what um, you also say that another one is um, the hustler with Craig. Ferguson. I loved in that. a
3: smoking jacket. You did. I kind of yeah, liked
2: I'm it. Not, yeah. I'm not sure it's something I want to watch every week. Uh, it sort of reminded me, people forget about the show, the Mole. Do you remember the Mole yes. with your buddy Anderson Cooper? Yeah, People forget he was a game show host, too. Donald Trump wasn't the only one. Right. Um, this one, I, I don't know. I mean, I like Craig Ferguson. Uh, I think it's got a little bit too much going on. And the trivia questions are so easy. They are easy. Uh, well,
0: I got them. If you want to <laughs>
2: challenge, watch another uh, new game show, The Chase, Oh, uh, where the questions are really hard. This is based on a British uh, game show. And then it was adapted for Game Show Network. Uh, but now it's on network TV. And it's got a bunch of the old uh, Jeopardy champions as these masterminds that, that people have to try to uh, out-duel mentally. And boy, the questions are really hard and they come fast and furious. And uh, if you want to be challenged, it's, uh, it's really good.
0: Yeah, I saw that with Ken Jennings and oh, some okay. other people on mm-hmm.
3: it. How about uh, you, mm-hmm. got, you got any, like, do you have a, a really good drama or crime show that you're excited about or you know about? Well, I'll tell
2: you what I'm excited about. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm going to have a chance to see it this weekend and interview some of the stars, and that's WandaVision <gasps> uh, with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. And it appears to be, it's based on some Marvel comics, but it appears to be about a woman who imagines herself in various sitcoms over the years. Oh. Um uh, there's a lot of buzz about it. I love Elizabeth Olson. Yes. Um so uh I'm excited uh to see that and I'll have a, a story and a preview of that running next Friday. Haven't okay. seen it yet, but uh I've got my fingers crossed that 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 it'll be good.
3: Where will we see WandaVision? Where will we watch Disney watching?
2: Plus. Disney oh. Plus.
0: Boy. Honest to Pete.
3: Uh, Neil, are another you ever going to buy? do a story about the fatigue or how we're going to keep track of all these streaming things? It's really getting mind-boggling.
2: Yeah, Discovery Plus goes on air, I believe, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one. There's a lot, but I think we're seeing some already, uh, you know, cash out. Quibi is is going away. It's not gone already. Right. Um, so they're not all going to last. but. Yeah. Look, I'm always one who feels the more choices, the better. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I've got no problem with it. We, we do have to figure out our bills. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to afford everything. <laughs> uh, but then again, a lot of these streaming services are five bucks. Yeah. yeah that's thank true. Thank you so and much. Right now that seems like a bargain.
0: Yeah. Neil, it was so great. You can read Neil in the Star Tribune and at Neil Justin on um, Twitter. On Twitter, and thank you for your time today.
2: Hey, thank you guys. Be safe.
0: Yep. All right.